heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restriction apply. See DraftKings.com for details. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy and Joey Neto. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you might be listening. Uh, how's it going, boys? It's Wednesday, drinking beer, talking hockey, can't complain. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Mitch Kimball says, let's go wild. Shout out Mitch Kimball. Thanks for tuning into the live stream. Thanks to everybody tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And those listening back on the podcast, episode 131. Uh, Hoppy, how are you this evening? We're good, man. Scrambling to get ready, but we're good. Yeah, lo- long day of work is what you said. Uh, oh, Shane is here. What's up? He says, yop. I don't know uh, what that means. Yeah, Can we get it. a translation? <laughs> uh, maybe DeQuavis knows what it means. Ah, um, you might. But yeah, long day for hockey, uh, busy and, you know, t- tough week for me, but this is, you know, this is what we do. We talk sports, kind of escape from the busy uh, thing that is life, and I'm excited to hear and talk hockey with you boys, drink some beer with you boys, and uh, and bring on, you know, our guest, Josh Letty, uh, later in the show, our friends from Back Channel Brewing. Uh, show rundown today, we got the hoppy hour, which we'll jump right into. Uh, then we got Judge Joey. It's back. It's Wednesday. Uh, we got a little NHL and Minnesota Wild Talk. And then some desert, not dessert, themed hockey talk. Again, with our, with our friend Josh Letty. Before we jump into uh, the, so- or, uh, the Soda Pod, episode 131, the Hoppy Hour on the Soda Pod, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. And I know Hoppy, uh, before I read out uh, you know, our script here for our friends at DraftKings, uh, you give a little extra for our, uh, those listening in Minnesota. Yep, friends, I'm as depressed as you are that we can't bet on sports through DraftKings or through anything legally, uh, wink, wink. But <laughs> if you want to get on and do some, I guess, fantasy betting, go on and, again, do your daily fantasy lineups. You can do it for as little as a dollar. You can win a ton of money, and it's just a reason to watch and cheer and yell and, well, probably be sad when I lose money. Yeah, Hoppy, uh, couldn't have said it better myself 
And uh, for everybody else, I mean, you've heard us talk about DraftKings uh, for the last month. So honored and excited to be partnered with them. They're the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball, golf, hockey, you name it. And DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the actions. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action, even in Minnesota. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And with that, let's jump into the Hoppy Hour. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out. Episode 131 of the Soda Pod. Thanks everyone tuning in on the podcast every Monday and Thursday. The podcast drops, and thanks everyone tuning in on the live stream: Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We stream every Sunday and every Wednesday. Wednesday, our friend Joy jumps along for the ride. Poppy Hour, boys. What are we drinking? Okay, get off. Um, I am drinking Syntax by Mother Earth Brewing. Uh, Mother Earth is out of Vista, California and Napa, Idaho. So a little bit closer to uh, Wyoming so I can get pick these up uh, when I head over into Idaho. But it is uh, Imperial Peanut Butter Stout. It comes in at 8.1% alcohol. Oh, not going to lie, boys. Kind of disappointed with this one. Really? Yeah. How yeah. so? Like compared to the other, you know, peanut so, butter, peanut butter brew, uh, beers that we've talked yeah, I mean, about and have all tried. It's definitely on the bottom of the peanut butter beers I tried, but they they brand it as a peanut butter stout. But then you go read the description on Untapped, and it's a stout that the peanut butter is not the main focus of it. It's mostly brown sugar and molasses. So. The labeling definitely threw me off thinking it was going to be a, a peanut butter stout, but when you drink it, it's mostly brown sugar tasting. Um, a little too sweet for me. Um, I don't like overly sweet beers, but it, it's drinkable and comes in at 8.1%. So yeah, it's uh, it'll do the job for, uh, for a 12 ounce can. It'll do the job for the soda pot episode 131. <laughs> Man, that's just depressing. I'm so sad now. Hoppy, what do you got? Uh, bring bring some more uh, cheer to this segment. Uh, well, kind of going against what Joey just said, a uh, little bit sweeter for once. Um, so I have the Empress Fruited Wheat. This is from uh, our friends at Back Channel. Again, we'll be joined by Josh here shortly. Um, so they do a lot of different variants of this, and this one is Quadberry and Plum. I, I have no idea what a Quadberry is, but it sounds quad delightful. Berry. The Quadberries um, taste like Quadberries. The, the Quadberries do. <laughs> But this is like a lighter, like crisper oh, beer, but it looks like really thick, like it would be a sour. And it's really just more of like a, a light, refreshing, just a little more fruity forward type beer. It looks Man, like a smoothie. <laughs> beer. It is definitely not a smoothie at all. 
Oh man, um, I'm pumped back with our friends at Phillips Brewing. I have the Winter Staycation Tropical Stout. Yes, I've been on the stout trains. Let me tell you, boys, this one, um, not as dark as a traditional stout, a little bit lighter, not uh not that super uh clear one that you sent me from Minnesota there, the immortal toast, but um definitely way lighter in overall flavor. It almost tastes more like a summer pale ale than a stout. Um, it's definitely sweet. It's it's a it's tropical stout. I mean, I imagined it would be a little. Um, they kind of market it as that summer flavor that you can, or yeah, that summer flavor that you can get in the winter. And Phillips does a great job with their their can art. Um, I, I think that this is actually a great beer for those who are getting into stouts and a little bit more stronger beer, um, and and darker beer. This is probably a good you know halfway middle point. Uh, to get there. Um, I, I'm impressed. I thought maybe it might just be a little too crazy uh, based on the, the can art. And I was reading the description. I'm like, this is not what I've been drinking lately in like espresso, uh, peanut butter based or chocolate, you know, porters or stouts. Uh, but definitely, definitely a fan. And I, I, it must be brand new and it must just be, you know, uh, something that they're just running right now and experimenting with. But I hope that Phillips gets uh, some, some more positive reviews and they, they keep it on the shelves uh, next winter as well. Well, it's interesting. You bring up a lot of Phillips Brewing. I was just wondering for us uh, American listeners, are those crawlers or are they 16-ounce tall boys? What are they? Um, They are 473 mil tall boys. I, I knew that was going to be what happened. So so how much does something like that go for? Uh, This one was $5.99. Okay, so it's it's – yeah, that's – pretty cheap actually i mean and then you get you go to like 700 750 mils in bottle and it's like seven bucks usually so like two bucks more wow that's yeah that's very reasonable for a, a craft brewery that's awesome yeah hear. i mean it does depend phillips they're yeah. very fair um for being one of the leading craft breweries in all of british columbia and vancouver island they they're big enough where i think they can set their prices a little bit low um and still collaborate with different artists and stuff like that, that they have on staff or that they actually um like hire on to do certain projects here and there I think some of the smaller ones, like those really close to like this office right here, like in Ladysmith, um, uh, the bigger town north called Nanaimo and just south called Duncan, they have craft breweries as well. And definitely if you're going to buy the single cans, they're closer to seven, eight dollars just because they're, they're a little bit more small time and don't distribute province wide. Nice. That's awesome. But well, Phil, was like. I, I got to bring some of them on the show. I've talked to them a little bit before. They're going to definitely uh, collaborate with us on our next bracket that we host here on the Soda Pod, uh, most likely in the spring. Um, but it's been hard to you know, get in contact with them. They actually want me to come in and do some content in their tap room and brewery, which right now they can't do. So hopefully in the near future when things you know get better, as they are getting better in Canada, um, we can make that happen with Phillips Brewing. I'm surprised that's a beer that they're releasing in the winter. Cause so I've talked about it a couple times, but up by my parents' new cabin, there's a brewery called Portage, and they have a beer that's just like you described. It was almost more of like a, it wasn't a white stout like you said, but it was definitely lighter, and it had like a big drop of blueberry in there, and it was just okay. a great like transition beer for people. But they literally label it as a summer stout. Hoppy, is that the one you brought out to Wyoming when you came? Probably, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, like blueberry. It was blueberry something. Yeah, it was blueberry something, but it was from Portage, right? Yep. So, yeah, so yeah that's the, what it would have been. So listen to the description. It's um, a smooth sweetness and dry coffee-like roasted barley fermented using a special strain of... Norwegian yeast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and adds a pineapple and, or and orchid fruit flavors along with uh, the roasted coffee. So very... I mean, I can't taste coffee at all in this. I'm not going to lie. 
roasty maybe a little bit but the, the the fruit is definitely there but not overpowering and you know what hoppy they if they what i think is if they do well in this trial run they'll probably keep it in the summer and just see how it does there and then maybe pull it in the fall if it doesn't do well and you know re-release in the winter um they have been known to do that but phillips is they're very weird with that if something doesn't stick it's gone artwork and all and they re-bring out the artwork every now and then and sell them as like paintings and, and uh, prints and stuff like that too i like that um last thing i want to bring up in the hop yard before we move on um i'm a little jealous ladies and gentlemen listening on the soda pod um 131 episodes into this and uh, i ain't getting no fucking vip treatment because i'm way out here on the west coast hoppy since joining the soda pod has been you know they those breweries in minnesota they've rolled out the red carpet for you man uh, the other day you uh you had a private table at back channel well, I was at the bar first off, and it wasn't really private. They just weren't open. But <laughs> but yes, I, I had the place to myself. I was watching the Penguins and the Capitals and, uh, well, drinking beer supplied by Josh, which was very much appreciated. And what do you mean they're not rolling out the red carpet for you? You just told us that Phillips is begging you to come in, but you can't because it's COVID. So Yeah, they haven't rolled it out yet. It's still yeah. like they're still holding it going. Pre-roll, oh, pre-roll. It's pre-roll. <laughs> We know all about that here on the Soda Pod. Um, oh, all right, <laughs> moving right along. Let's jump into our second segment of the show again. Thanks, everyone, tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and those listening back on the podcast, episode 131. For those of you listening back on the podcast, you're going to want to jump on You know, 12 minutes into the live stream just to see this amazing this amazing segue promo that, uh, that we're going to dive right into in the next segment. That is Judge Joey. Good evening, Soda Pod listeners. Finally, we have a Judge Joey back. I am Judge Joey, and hopefully all is well wherever, whenever you may be listening to this podcast. Today is Wednesday, so that can only mean one thing. Court is officially back in session. Every Wednesday, well, almost every Wednesday, the Soda Pod will be featuring a debate of epic proportions, and I am here to determine who will hold the weekly belt of Judge Joey champion. I, Judge Joey... We'll decide the winner, not by facts alone, but who debates the topic at hand the best and has the more compelling argument. But hold up. Whenever Isha figures this out, uh, I'm not going to be the only one who gets to share their input on who has the better argument. But you, yes, you, the Soda Pod community, will head to Twitter and cast your vote on who has the better case on Judge Joey. So enough introduction. Let's get to tonight's topic. Isha had mentioned before that he's going to be quite nervous. He's got his uh, pen and paper all ready to take notes. So tonight I bring to you, with the NHL in full swing, well, COVID aside, do you boys want the NHL to stick with the MLB type of scheduling where there's two to four games against the same opponent, or do you want it to return to the original scheduling of one game here, one game there? I forget who gets to choose. Isha, we're going to go uh, with you. Okay, I'm going to choose keeping the same format like that we have right now. Right now? Okay. Yeah, the MLB uh, style. We'll be arguing to revert back to the original ske scheduling. All right. Uh, all right. Count it, count it down, Joey. You are on the clock. All right, so I'm I'm all for this for, for a few big reasons. Uh, the first one is the rivalry aspect. Of course, rivalries are built in the playoffs. They're not built regionally, and they're built in the playoffs because – you get to play series. You get to play sometimes back-to-backs. You get to play, you know, 
up to seven games and you create that tension, you create that hate, you create that competition. On a smaller scale playing in this format, you're going to see pockets of that. And it's great for viewers. It's great for the intensity of the National Hockey League game. And quite frankly, I think it's overall going to really build more and more rivalries between more and more teams, unlike you know the traditional ones that we see every year in the playoffs, for example, Washington, Pittsburgh, and some of those other ones. Also, and I'm going to steal a word from Jonathan Taves here, or cite him better, better yet, it's the, the, the lack of travel that you save is going to be a better for the environment because of all these private jets and gas fuel that they don't have to continue to do flying from, you know, Vancouver flying from one spot to another Edmonton to Calgary, back to Vancouver, back to Northern Alberta. It doesn't make sense, especially, you know, cross country just to come home, play one game and then go back uh, to the other side of the, well, Canada or the United States, depending on where you are. And as far as for the players, I can argue that travel is worse than playing series games in smaller pockets as the players have come out and said that as well. They'd rather be playing games, being loose, even practicing away from home than traveling over practicing and playing games. So there it is. Um, going a little Vancouver Island green here too, but I had to throw that in there. I like it. I like it. Hoppy, you are on the clock. Well, Gary Bettman's made it very clear that we don't have any struggle for rivalries in this league because of the phenomenal way that they handle the playoffs these days. Um, but beyond that, first, we'll talk the players. Sure, if I'm an aging vet like Joe Thornton, I'm probably happy just sitting at home and being with my family. But if I'm a newer guy to the league, if I'm a younger guy, single, I want to be going out on these road trips. That's when you're getting to know the boys. That's when you're getting adapted to the league. And that's when you're going out to those bars and having some fun. Now, from the fan perspective, I really think it's something that can be really, you know, unfortunate if, say, you're really excited to see Alex Ovechkin. Your two-game stretch is when he's suspended. He gets injured. It's just not good from the fan perspective if you got that your schedule circled for one specific player that you really want to see and you lose that one chance. Also, from the, the rivalry building perspective, sure, they're going to grind each other hard for two games, but... Let's say, you know, they're going to what, Scott? Huh? <laughs> What'd you say? Continue. <laughs> okay, well, I'm done now. I don't, you just threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> each other. I don't know what you just said. So, <laughs> done. My client should go right to fucking jail. The son of a I think Joey, you like fucking won that one for me. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead. This one was easy. Uh, Hoppy, you take this one. Uh, pretty. What? Easy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Such a shit <laughs> argument. You had, uh, you had a better <laughs> argument on this one. Uh, Scott's had a rough day. I could tell. Um, one, one comment threw him off completely. So, um, no. But Isha, I, I agree with the. The going green thing, that's just definitely something to look into. And not even that, but just the travel time where you're traveling across the country. And and I really think it does uh, develop rivalries um, that aren't there right now. So I think this schedule is uh, definitely the way to go. And, and your argument was by far leaps and bounds better than Hoppy's tonight. He had, I he had genuinely a have no idea how to argue for my side. I was pulling shit out of the air. I don't, his side is absolutely the right side. <laughs> Hey, I had the easy one because of the pick. Hoppy gets it next week, so there you go. 
And by the way, that intro, Joey, I'm not the one who deals with these video clips anymore. We just need to have some Judge Joey, and you'll see. And we have one, so you'll see. Hey, I'm, and I'm, all the viewers will see. I'm just glad we got time tonight. All the time in the world for you, Joey. <laughs> um, thanks to everybody tuning in again on the live stream. Uh, when these video clips are up, you can vote as well at the Soda Pod. And uh, at the Soda Pod, well, on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we'll bring in our guest. We have a few NHL and Wild topics to get into before our desert-themed hockey talk in the last segment. Uh, again, thanks, everyone, tuning in on the live stream and podcast as well. Every Monday and Thursday, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts from. On the other side, Josh Letty of Back Channel Brewing. A ton of NHL and Wild talk here on the Soda Pod episode 131. You're listening to episode 131 of the Soda Pod. We have our friend Josh Letty of Back Channel Brewing here. How'd you like that? Uh, how'd you like that little uh, segue video there, Josh? I saw you grooving. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> Power Rangers and some classic jams right there. Like, sign me up. <laughs> uh, you'd never know that something like that exists if you didn't have a producer like we do here. Uh, producer it. Pigeon hitting switches and controls. How's it going, man? It's going very well. Super happy to be back on chatting with you guys. Had so much fun the first time. I was chomping at the bit to get after it again. So, well, that's awesome. I don't have a bowl in studio. Well, that's not true. I don't have a clean bowl in studio to drink oh, out tonight. Good. Doesn't have the so, right kind of bowl in studio. Well, I don't. I don't. That one I had in my house was fucking perfect, man. I could fit two tall boys in that bad boy. <laughs> I love it. That was that was fantastic, and your form was impeccable. So, no, let's not forget that. Thank you, thank you. Okay, before we get into you know the desert themed uh, hockey talk here, as the Wild, well, <laughs> they play the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the the Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes. God damn it! A uh, total of nine games after this LA series coming up. Um, but there's a couple other things we wanted to get to around the NHL, so we'd love to bring you along for the ride. Starting with Claude Julian being let go, the wheels are falling off the wagon. Fuck Montreal! I have never been happier. I would take. <laughs> um, um, so interim coach uh, Dominique Ducharme, who actually has been the head coach and assistant head coach for well, for various teams of Hockey Canada and the World Junior Champion uh, team, World Junior Championship team as well, north of the border. So he takes the interim coach role. What I, as a Vancouver Canucks fan and someone who has been following, you know, Alex Alex Burrow's career. Um, he gets called up from the assistant coach of Laval uh, to an assistant coach behind the bench of Montreal too. So though I can't stand uh, the Canadians, it is cool to see uh, Alex Burroughs, you know, pretty much he hasn't been out of the league for very long and he's already getting a chance behind an NHL bench. So that, that was cool to see. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it was a pretty short leash, leash on Julian here. I mean, they're only in fourth in the division. They they're sliding right now, but they're having a decent season for, a team that's not supposed to be that terribly good. Um, luckily, like you said, uh, the coach they called up has uh, World Junior Championship experience in 2017, 2018. So it's not like they're bringing up somebody who's not competent for the role. Um, so I think it might be a good change and a good kick in the ass for these guys to, to really step it up and, and end this skid. You know what's crazy is five on five, they're the best team in the league. Yeah. Oh, easily. 
It's crazy. I saw Jay Fresh was tweeting out some stats about that today. Um, what I've heard on Twitter, which I think is you know is is crazy, is um, is they want to bring the old coach back, the old French fuck back. What was his name again? He's behind the bench in Philly right now. Uh, Michel Therrien. Oh, that guy. My favorite thing about Montreal is that you have to be able to speak French to be the coach there. Oh, 100%. You know, so it's, it rules out so many great candidates, <laughs> but <laughs> they stick to their guns and, you know, you got to keep, you got to, you got to keep them happy. So Josh, It'll be I, don't interesting. Know, I don't know if you know this, but um, Terry Ryan, he's part of the hockey podcast network. And when he was a rookie, Michelle Terry was the head coach of the Montreal Canadians. And this guy, though he says, you know, I, I don't hate the guy. He's, he's got quite a bit of stories about Michelle Terry. One of the best ones was, uh, he, as a, I think it was his second year or first year, Terry Ryan with the team. He was called into Terry's office. Terry lights up a smoke, doesn't say a word, smokes the entire cigarette in front of him, puts it out, and then says, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> and Terry on his podcast was like, I should have been like, can I have one? Like mid smoke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is good. Hey, buddy, can I bum one? Can I bum that one? That is good. Um, Hoppy, thoughts on this? Because I know you like to you like to push my buttons in regards to the Montreal Canadiens, especially their play against the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, yeah, unfortunately for him, they can't play Vancouver every game, but I'm with Joey. It's <laughs> it seems like a strangely short leash, especially for a coach of that caliber. Because, like, you could say, like, for the Wild, like, the reason Boudreaux got pushed out is because Garen came in and, like, he wants to get his own coach, right? Like, Bergevin's the one that brought him in. I don't think they're going to find better, and I think he's going to get plucked off the free agency pretty quick. Like, whatever team needs him, or maybe he becomes the front runner for Seattle. Who knows? Hot take. Travis Green becomes the first English-speaking, first language, anyways, coach for the Montreal Canadiens. Next season. I don't know. That, that's if Calgary doesn't snatch him up first, man. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, they had uh, one of our old assistant coach, Glenn Gullitson, was with the Vancouver Canucks before he moved to the Flames. Eh? It's just a theme. It's yeah, I saw, I saw a tweet earlier today. It was kind of, it was quite funny about, it said, Mark Bergevin is very confident in the team that Mark Bergevin uh, created. <laughs> yeah. So I mean he's kind he's kind of all in on himself right now with uh with this firing. So we'll we'll you see. You know what? what? He's been with them for so long, and there have been times where I thought that, like, hey, this is the end of Bergen Van. Like when he brought in Radulov and stuff like that, too. I was like, this is this is him rolling the dice, and for the most part, it's worked out. I mean, even with the the PK Subban trade and whatnot. So I I he wasn't my favorite general manager when he started with the Canadians, his first, I guess, uh like I get four-year run of tweaking the team now. Not so bad. Not so bad. Yeah, this. Uh, I guess now this brings up the question of will the NHL just recycle their coaches and where is Julian going to end up now? I mean, Seattle's a huge option, so it's, it's going to be quite entertaining to see where he ends up. What about Gerard Gallant? He's still out there. Where, where do you think he lands, boys? Maybe here. Montreal. Perhaps, perhaps. He's fun. Um, I would take another French-Canadian in Minnesota. I mean, the Jacques Lemaire years were pretty good considering the cards that he was dealt and how, you know, can you imagine how the Wild were able to receive that franchise situation like the Vegas Knights have and what Seattle's about to come into? But, yeah, no, I, I think that we'll see how Everson can do, but it'll be interesting to season if he can hang on. And if there's some high-caliber talent out there, I think we could bring in a guy like Gallant, that's for sure. Well, I think Lemaire is a great hockey mind. Like, I think he's a top-tier coach. That's not who I want coaching my team. I don't want 2-1 wins every night. Like, no. I, I want I want an up-tempo brand of hockey. Definitely. Definitely. That was nice to have him at least start for the season. But, I mean, even when 
you know, you watch these defensive-minded teams, especially in the NHL right now, it's tough to watch. No, it's not sure. tough to watch. It's fun to watch, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, one other piece of NHL news before we, you know, jump right into some wild talk. Uh, this Artemi Panarin story, boys. Um, you know, I, I have an article by ESPN up, up in front of me, some of the latest news. But when you guys first heard this and then, you know, heard you know some, some of the other quotes coming from different players involved, and I don't mean just hockey players, uh, key players in this story, um, what were some of your reactions, thoughts, and, uh, and yeah, and overall feelings on this story? Because this was a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild what's what's going on with this. I mean, you feel bad for Panarin. I mean, he, he spoke his mind on Instagram. And, I mean, look what happens when you go against the, against Putin and his cronies. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible to, that he's – I mean, I'm guessing he's this this scared and, and he's taking some time off from the team to get stuff organized and, and probably uh, see how his family's doing back in Russia if he's got me back there. Yeah, I mean, it's and I love why I'd love to go to Russia and I love athletes from Russia and everything about Russia, but uh, it's pretty bummed. It's pretty big bummer when you got a player like Artemi or Temi Panarin getting his career taken away from just trying to share his thoughts and you know do the right thing and speak out for people that he feels he needs to speak out for. So it's it's a bummer. I'm just shocked that it's a actual real thing that we're dealing with right now. And, you know, uh, hopefully he can get back sooner than later. Yeah. Cheers, Brian. And for those, <laughs> we got, uh, we got a lot of viewers and a lot of comments here. So thanks to everyone joining the live stream. And for those of you who don't know, Artemi Panarin um, was accused of, you know, uh, assaulting a young woman in his days with the KHL where, you know, he was, you know, a young man in him himself. And this apparently, you know, from his camp and his lawyers and even the KHL is, is not to be the case. Um, the KHL never heard news of this at the time. And um, and as Joey said, Panarin's been very outspoken against Russian politics. And his family, a lot of his family is still you know, in Russia there. And he's had to take a leave of absence upon this story breaking um, to what I believe and what I think everyone believes here to probably deal with making sure his family is safe. Uh, Andre uh, Nazarov was a KHL coach, Panarin's former coach in the KHL, who was very much criticizing Panarin when he was outspoken against the Russian government at the time. And he's the one right now doubling down. And if I'm not mistaken, was the one who leaked this story uh, in the first place. So again, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy story here, eh, Hoppy? Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things that makes you think too, like what do the Putin disciples think about this? Like, is Ovechkin like, anti-Panarin or is he sympathetic and is he going to shift away from Putin because of this? Like, it's just interesting to see how that dynamic plays out over the next year. That's the weird one. Cause Ovi's still kind of just Ovi. It's almost like Putin bows to him. And I know that's not the case. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it looks different. It's like he can still do his thing, say his stuff, be almost American to an extent. And Putin's like, you're still the God of hockey in Russia. But I do understand what you're saying. There is a political, underlining tone even to you know how Ovechkin operates and he's very not he's not public about it other than just spending time with fucking Putin but um 
Oh, producer pigeon. That's going to get us shut down right here. <laughs> but like, should, you should, like, how far does it go too? like, cause you don't know how each Russian player feels about the situation, right? Like some sure, are like, yeah. thank you for speaking up, but others are probably like, uh, you don't fuck with Putin, man. Like, are there going to be like Russian goons on the ice that are taking runs at Panarin when he comes back? Like who knows if this was the eighties, man, 100%. <laughs> Um, wild connection before we move off to this uh, from uh, Nazarov. He played, should I have it up here, two played, uh, games for the Minnesota. Here, Joey, you want to run it down? Yeah, he played two games with uh, the Minnesota Wild back in 2005-2006. Uh, six PIMs in those two games, no points. And then uh, was promptly sent down to the Houston Arrows, played one game, and I can only assume that he went back to Russia after that one game. <laughs> So this guy is a career 32-point player in the National Hockey League and a 222 penalty minutes in 60 games of the San Jose Sharks. So he uh, he likes to fight, as we as if anyone listens to Spitting Chicklets knows, as uh, the stories of this guy run rampant through uh, <laughs> through that podcast. So oh, um, it, I, I'm interested to monitor this story and see what what comes of it. Um, I hope you know Panarin's family and everything's safe there, and I hope he gets back on the ice and doesn't have to deal with. Fucking Putin cronies are Russian goons. That's right. Now, Josh, how rude of us. What are you drinking tonight, sir? I've actually got a nice little light, crispy cream ale. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's the classic lawnmower beer, you know, just kind of gets the job done. And <laughs> don't have any lawns to mow right now, but I'd like to be, I'd like to mow lawn right now, you know. You got some snow to shovel. Got some, yeah. Now, oh, we have to ask from earlier, too, though, what's a quadberry? Oh, quadberry is a shortened version of saying blackberry, boysenberry, boy, <laughs> uh, blueberry, and raspberry. Just to Jeez. fit on our little sticker up there. That's we the berry should, bunch we right probably, there. We actually probably should throw all the fruits on there because people can be allergic to specific ones. But yeah. <laughs> we'll no one's allergic week. to a quadberry, man. <laughs> the berry <All> bunch, right. <laughs> man. We did a quadberry for a seltzer that we had in the summertime. And I don't know. The fact that it said quadberry on there made people really want it so maybe that. it should be an actual it's a fun fact i learned that uh raspberries and blackberries are not berries they are actually stone fruit how about that there you go the more you know. yes. all right take that for what it's worth episode 131 <laughs> of the soda pod you learn something new every day folks yeah um let's jump into some wild talk uh the minnesota wild spanked the san jose sharks 6-2 in their last meeting um, the Sharks even fucking pulled their goalie at the end of it because the sixth goal from the Wild was an empty netter, which was hilarious. Um, what more can we say, boys? The Wild, they're the deeper team, especially against the California ones. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could just tell that they were the better team all game. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that we're getting scoring from different players other than our superstars and Kaprizov and, and Fiala. I mean, Kaprizov did hey, have... A- you missed one. You missed one. Matt Zuccarello. Zuccarello, seven points in four games. Let's go. No, and, and also what's to note is uh, they had two goals from a defenseman. That's, I mean, that's awesome to see. So it's, uh, they're getting goal scoring from all the players, which is awesome. The Gordie Howe uh, hat trick for, for Marcus there. That's what you love to see. Damn right. I've, I've pumped his tires since the beginning of the season. So it's, it's the soda pod bump. The soda pod bump. I mean, Ryan Hartman playing incredible this season too. Shutdown role and contributing offensively as well with seven points. Um, 
Yeah, I'm really liking I'm really liking what I see here by the wild. I know it's San Jose Sharks. And I know the goaltending that game was less than stellar. There was that one shot that the the puck bounced, but Jones should have fucking saw it. Like it went right over his glove. He like went to try to grab it and it just went right over the glove. I, again, I know it was like it was a it was a it was a bad bounce, but it just seemed like he was way off. And I know that's nothing new uh to Sharks fans. <laughs> Now, the best thing that the Wild had going for them was that nice little run against those California teams after the long layoff because of that tough schedule coming up here. And one of my favorite things, though, when we do play the Sharks is always that exuberant Brett Burns who wants to stick it to the Wild for a little bit, and he's always going to have a highlight reel goal. And it's, it's just fantastic. It never fails either. Nope. That every single beast. game. Every game. <laughs> it's It's so funny because ever since Hoppy's like, He's not a defenseman. He's a forward. I just look at him now and I'm like, yep, he's not a defenseman at all. There's not a lick of defense this guy plays, but holy shit, can he take the puck to the net? On that, that, dude, that dude is the king of time on ice, though. There's nobody that just gets more minutes than that guy, and that's one of the benefits about him. And He's so big and long that he can skate down the ice and cover some ground. But, yeah, I, I love the Sharks, but, man, it's I just feel bad for him. I think they missed their window and – I don't know if it's going to come anytime soon for them. Yeah, yeah they kind of put all their all their chips in the the Burns and Carlson basket, and, and don't Carlson forget Vlasic. Don't Car- forget Vlasic. Yep, I mean Carlson just was never the same when he got there, unfortunately, because he was always one of my favorite players to watch. He was. Well, that, that's not true. Theater. That's not true. When he when he was at a point per game pace, you know, two years ago when he when he first got there, he he still looked like that elite defender. It's been this year in particular, and, and the end of last year is where he fell off. Um, any any other notes from this uh, Sharks game, boys? Before we move on, it's just hilarious that Kaprizov was the one trailing on that line with Zuccarello and Rask for points. Man, can't he's be holding, ignored. He's holding them down. I love that tweet of yours. <laughs> <laughs> no one uh, got mad about it, which was a bummer, but. Yeah. Um. Somebody. Hey. People might get mad at this. The next thing I'm about to say here, folks. Uh, I know. Uh, Garen. You know, was talking to Michael Russo, and Russo, you know, wrote a piece on him, and he was quoted saying that the organization right now is fine, not you know, quote unquote, trading the farm or making a big move to address the center position because of the amount of playmaking wingers that they have in the lineup. I personally think that's fucking paying lip service. That's that's uh that's not the entire truth. I mean, look. Marks Johansson, Bonino, Bukestad, they're not contributing offensively at all. So you're not going to throw your team under the bus. You're going to have to say something there. And sure, we do have good playmaking wingers. Um, Kevin Fiala is honestly, has very much surprised me this year in his playmaking ability versus his finish. But they need centers who can, you know, if they want to win championships, who can also provide that offense in addition to that two-way game, it's as simple as that. Like short-term right now, great. We have some wingers who can distribute the puck. That's awesome. But I mean, someone else has got to do it too, or else this team's just going to be bad. I mean, like Fiala, he's probably better being that finisher and being more of a scoring threat than he is having to do everything. Like I think he's feeling and being appointed to do right now. I don't know. That's my opinion. I didn't think that there was any sort of like, wait or anything interesting from that quote i'm like well of course he's gonna fucking say that there's nobody else that he can pump distributing the puck yeah it's tough you know the i still feel like the the we don't know our identity in a sense too and 
it's tough. We, we do need to have a couple big centers in there. It was when we first signed Bukestead, I was like, nice, this is going to be a great resurgence for him. Um, he can come home, play with some familiar faces and, and get after it. And, you know, frankly, that just has not happened. And I don't know if I think his ceiling is where he's at right now and there might not be much room to grow. And, you know, we can't be gambling on players like that. And I know it's not a gamble, but it is. I mean, we, we don't have time to lose anymore. We're in our 20th season as an NHL team. We are on the back end of our double our big contracts with Parisi and Suter, and we can't get in. I mean, look at how many teams Brandon, or Brandon Saad has played for in the last few years. Why can't the Wild go out and get a center like that? He just goes from contender to contender to contender, and the Wild pass up on players like that. It's frustrating. It, it's crazy to think that like there are three potential second I'll say second line centers on this wild team and Benino Bukestad and Johansson, all of them have three points, three points. It's insane. I don't think Benino's here to be a point getter. Like that's not his role. No, but but you have to contribute more. I mean, he's been playing a fourth line role largely for the last, what, seven, eight games. But I, I think that the biggest point here that everyone agrees is like, they need centers. Garen knows it, but no one's going to go out there and say, yeah, you know what I could really fucking use is some good centers. Hopefully someone trades one to me and doesn't try and extort me in a trade. Like he's like you said, lip service. It makes a ton of sense. And like you can count on one hand in the past couple of decades, the amount of teams that have won a cup without depth down the middle. So it's just one of those things where that's going to have to get sorted out. But again, Garen's had, pretty little time to put his stamp on this roster. He's going to have a huge turnover next year. He's got some young guys maybe coming in. You know, if at that point he doesn't address it and we've still got the same hole at center, then I'm going to be a lot more concerned. Well, I mean, if they need a center, why aren't they going out and getting uh, Eichel? I mean, Eichel's on the market. (laughs) I think we've talked about this before. Give us your list of demands again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were even talking about it with Boston, man. It would, and we were saying like Pasternak would have to go, DeBrusque would have to go. Shit, man! Like, is McAvoy in that deal? Like, it, you'd, it'd be too much. It's too much for this guy. Although I did hear rumblings, New York and LA have have their offers ready if this guy chooses to waive. So that's pretty insane. You'd think because LA has a damn good prospect pool, like Gabe, you know, Gabe Velarde and some, you know, be in that deal as well on the New York side. Shit, they got some young players too. I highly doubt Buffalo is going to trade Jack Eichel in state, but we'll see. That's why he's got to go to Minnesota. <laughs> it's also funny that you're under the assumption that he like has ever had his no move, like not waived. He's been ready to leave for a while. I, I, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. Uh, our desert talk Vegas and Arizona themed segment. Thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and everyone tuning back in on the podcast. A uh, big shout out to DraftKings again. Uh, please go download the daily fantasy app or go to draftkings.com. Use promo code THPN for sign up bonuses and weekly deals. And again, Thanks to Josh and Joey riding shotgun on episode 131 of the Soda Pod. We'll see you on the other side.
You're listening to episode 131 of the Soda Pod. We got Josh Letty of Back Channel Brewing. We got our friend Judge Joey, and of course the state of Hoppy. In this last segment, Hoppy, uh, the creativity it all goes to you. I'll let you uh, start this one off since I can barely read oh, anymore. It seems. Yeah, pawning it off to me because you don't like the idea. I love it. It um, wasn't that I didn't like the idea. It's like I got a little too frazzled earlier. That's why. I, are, are we allowed to share that part of the story? Or yeah, fuck. <laughs> I mean, if you want to. No, know. it's okay. I'm... We'll move on. <laughs> Josh is like, uh-huh. tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll save that one for after. Um, yeah, so we have nine games in a row against Vegas and Arizona after we wrap up with L.A. here this weekend, which I don't think anyone needs us to talk about the matchup against L.A., at this point, um, but we'll get into a little bit of specifics with Vegas and Arizona uh, after we wrap up here. But um, just a couple of, I guess, desert themed topics for us to talk about with the wild. We'll lead off here with Josh. Uh, the first one here, if anyone's familiar at all from <coughs> Team USA, bringing the garbage can, a.k.a. barrel out onto the ice. Oh, we remember. Um, we remember. You, of course, do. That's seared in your brain. Um but Beryl, reason for hope as you're crossing the desert. Um, Josh, tell me, what's uh, your top reason for hope looking forward to the Wild right now? <clears throat> top reason for hope is going to be, I'm, I'm going to bl- go out on a limb, I'm going to say there's going to be an internal battle, but it's a good battle, right? Everybody's talking about Kaprizov, but Fiala is literally nine months older than this guy. And I think Fiala is going to find his groove, and he's just going to start tearing it up. And then that's going to take oh, some yeah. pressure off Kaprizov. And then all of a sudden, we got a two-headed monster. Teams are going to have to pick who they're going to, which line they're going to defend, and the other's going to destroy. And that's what's going to lead us into the promised land. Like uh, they're, going to, they're going to help us find a lost city that is yet to be determined. The lost city of the desert. Nice. Joey, how about you? Uh, I alluded to it before. Um, I'm going to say that their reason for hope is that they get scoring from their entire lineup and not just from um, those goal scorers like Kaprizov and Fiala. Um, I think this lineup is it's more of a defensive lineup than it is offensive. Uh, but with Zuccarello coming back, they're getting some speed to play with Kaprizov. Um, so that's going to take off a little bit of pressure from him. So I think I think the reason of hope, like I said, is it's going to be from scoring from defense all the way to offense from everybody on the team, not just one set line. Awesome. Isha, let's hear it. Um, So I had kind of specific to the desert and in general. In general, the prospect pool. I mean, Billy Guerin in one draft has been able to really not fill the cabinets, but, you know, Stock them up a little bit, and now with Judd Bracketon ready, gearing up for this year's draft, even in a draft that Hoppy and I have been very critical of, uh, whether anyone gets a lot of you know great picks from it, um, I still think the next this year and the next year are going to add more uh, to that cabinet, and I'm I'm excited for that. I've seen I've seen what Judd Brackett's done in Vancouver. Um, I've seen what Billy Guerin has done as of late as well. I'm excited to see them uh, join forces. Fair enough. And for me, look no further than right here. Kalen <laughs> <laughs> Addison, we got a little taste there for two games, but this is the guy who is finally going to be the solution to the power play quarterback for the Wild. We've seen what he can do at all other levels, and he really didn't look out of place being thrown into the flames playing first pairing with Suter. And, I mean, really, since Burns, like, have we ever had a defenseman that you looked at and said, this is a solid like power play quarterback shit. The wild usually have two defensemen out there and neither of them should be. 
Yeah, man. I, I thought he, he boded well. Like his underlying stats obviously look good. They're judged by one, like you said, two games there. Um small sample. I, I thought that he looked cool, calm, and collected playing with the veteran Ryan Suter. And um, yeah, I was I was impressed. And I think I think this kid's something. Um, I'm excited to see more of him. Awesome. Next piece here, the Mirage. Who is fooling us? Whether that be player, you know, position group, front office, I don't care. It's here, Josh. <laughs> You know, I'm going with our defense is a mirage. We uh, are playing pretty well right now. We don't have a ton of goals against. We're, you know, we're, we're positive in that sense as a team. But uh, I think our defense is ultimately going to fade away. We don't have a guy that can consistently go out there and just match up for 25 minutes. Suter's out there a lot, but we don't have a lot of depth, a lot of guys that get a ton of minutes. It's spread out lot and that's good guys are going to get experience but we're undersized we're going to get worn down i mean between outside of susie and Suter, everybody else is six one and smaller and we're playing against some teams that are big and fast and have the track record of beating teams up so i think our defense is going to be here right now but then all of a sudden it's going to fade towards the end of the season joey let's hear it yeah um I think it's our, our it's our depth at center. Um, we, we've mentioned it before, but I, I just don't have confidence in them uh, going deep into the playoffs uh, with Erickson Eck being on the first line. Yes, he's a, a good player, but is he really a top top line center? And then you no, get harassed. He's not. He's yeah, not. Exactly. So I, I think that this is the mirage of the wild is that they need a, a good center and the centers they have right now just aren't good enough to cut it, to make a deep run in the playoffs. Their faceoff percentages are are not good. Um, a lot of them are in the forties, some are in the fifties. So if you're going to go deep in the playoffs, uh, faceoffs are huge. Um, so I think that's, that's the mirage of the team is their center depth. Isha. I mean, Joey kind of echoed exactly what I'm what I'm gonna say. Uh, Victor Rask, no complaints, no complaints of his play as as of late, but no Stanley Cup will ever be won with Victor Rask as your two C. Probably not. No. no. And I actually had uh, Rask and Ak both on my list, so I'll go to the last one I had, and that being Jordan Greenway. I think this guy came out someone at the perfect. <laughs> he, had, he had the perfect situation. He came in and played on a great line, fit to his role everyone's going to get excited about him and want to keep him. And honestly, right now I agree you should, but as soon as we get through that expansion draft, he's going to go back to the same Jordan Greenway and we're just going to be sad again. All right. Next one. Oasis. What is the uh, aspect of the wild here? You just have blind faith and zero evidence to point to it. Just something you believe is going to turn out for the good. Hobby. Can I just jump in and just say that? It's Arizona related, desert related, but the my just oasis for for that. I have two things here, but I'll, yeah. I'll just state this one first. Greenway and another piece are moved for Dvorak after Billy Garen and management scout him a bit more from this desert run. Just like to it. you know, jump off your Greenway talk there. <clears throat> Sorry, Jody. I know he's your boy, but he's not our boy. <laughs> I like it. Let's hear it, Josh. So I have blind faith in Zuccarello. Guy does have a little bit of a track record, but that guy, we put him in the right spot. That guy's going to take us to the promised land. But then once we get to that promised land, a guy that we're talking, that we talked about earlier, who's not performing right now, will help us get there. And that's Nick Bonino. That guy is a winner. He's put on teams to do well. And he's not a regular season guy. You know, he's not. 
And in a shortened season, I thought I kind of had larger expectations for him because it's more of a sprint than a marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that will come to fruition in the near future since we just had, you know, we started and we stopped and now we're getting going again. And, you know, we're still trying to find those line mates for Capriza and Fiala and everything like that. So once we can figure it out, hopefully we figure it out. I think, uh, you know, Zooks is going to take us far and then Benino is going to surprise you. I love the lizard man. I love him. <laughs> Joey. I'm going with Capo Cockman. Um, nice you always, pick. you always see a goalie get hot late in the season and into playoffs. And if you get a hot goalie, then they can ride you all over to the cup finals and, and maybe even win it. So I think he's my blind faith. And another one I have that wild fans will crucify me for is uh, Ryan Suter. He's always, he's always there. He's always a big time player. He's always on the ice. He eats minutes and he's just a reliable stay at home defender that very rarely gets beat. Um, he doesn't put up huge points, but he's always except for last year where he had a career year. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I don't get why wild fans don't necessarily like him, but yeah, I'm going with Kakinen and and Peter. And for me, the blind faith it really falls with Billy Guerin, um, and really more specifically with the center position. I think that he, along with Judge Brackett, they either know that they've got what they need in Rossi and Husnadinov or he is going to do what he needs to right now to go out and make that big move. Like he's shown he's willing to make moves, shake up the team. But when the biggest move he's made is the Zucker for Addison first round pick and guy who's not in league anymore. Like I think he is willing to pull the trigger and make that big risky move that everyone's going to look back five years from now and say, this was amazing or this was horrible. Yeah, well, you said he's not afraid. I mean, he wasn't afraid to pull the trigger on stall. That's not working out here, so I don't think he's just going to be stubborn and be like, oh, I'm going to ride or die with that move. He's probably going to recognize quickly that, okay, that didn't work. Time to address, you know, time to address it again through a different uh, through a different move. My last thing, I want to add one more here, and, you know, Josh, it's just to jump on what you said. The Lizard Man, he will lead this team in points per game by the end of the season. That's really bold as he sits right now with his uh, points per game, but <laughs> fair enough. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last piece here, the vultures, you know, why could the wild miss the playoffs or even just looking bigger picture? Like what's going to go wrong for the wild as they try and turn the ship around? Yeah. So, you know, it goes back to the, I, the defense is just going to be too stressed out. I don't want it to seem like I'm hating on the defense, but in our division where we're at with our centerman situation, the centerman's, number one job technically is to really help out the defensive zone and, and, and start things. And we don't have that. And we don't have defensemen that can really take a beating either. I mean, you look at Spurgeon, a guy's got tons of skill, but if he's the focus of the other team, they can wear him down. Yeah, but no know? one can touch him though. That's the one he's thing. Much, Jared, a, but, but a, a lot of people don't touch uh, Spurgeon. He is the definition of a water bug. And I appreciate that about him. <laughs> you know, Waterbug would be a great bear name, by the way. Oh yeah, Except you, you'd have you'd have to put Quinn Hughes's face on there. Not, uh, not <laughs> Ultimately, the Wild are in the desert, right? And they're moving around too much. You know, they don't have a, a plan, and they're gonna get dehydrated, and they're gonna they're gonna not gonna make it. All right, Joey. Yeah, so I'm gonna kind of contradict myself here and and go back and say if they don't succeed, it's gonna be because of goaltending. If Kakinen and, and Talbot don't get hot and they they struggle, 
I mean, this team is going to need all the defense and goaltending they can get because they aren't the greatest team. They're slow, slower than most teams, and and they're going to need their goaltending to be exceptional for them to succeed. Isha. Oh, on my notes here, I had, and I talked about it earlier, that the centers, the reason why they could miss the playoffs is the centers don't contribute more. I scratched that out. And I wrote, you know what? Fuck it. They're not. They're gonna make the playoffs because St. Louis sucks, and they're gonna fall off. So there you go. Thank it. you for your optimism, Isha. <laughs> That's why people come here for for those hard facts, right? Oh, right, exactly. Hey, you, pre- you predicted the Wild to finish third last time I was on, so I'm, I'm, I'm following that. You know, I'm still there, buddy. Let's go. there's hope. For yes, sure. it will absolutely happen. Um, one thing that I think could go wrong, and this, I mean, has been kind of from public pressure, but I could see them trying it out, is putting Fiala and Kaprizov together this year. I think that's a mistake. I think, again, we've seen it with Zuccarello. That's a guy who's not only going to guide them along in their development, but he just suits what they're doing in the game. And if you put those two on the same line, you've got one line to defend. you got to spread the talent. I mean, obviously, ideally, you'd have three lines that people have to defend, but two is at least better than one. Um, but long-term, uh, two of the things I wanted to note, I guess, for the team as a whole, if we get another Dumba injury, we're going to be real bummed with whatever return Garen's going to get when he trades yeah. him this year. That's And I could see that easily happening. I hope that he stays healthy and we can get a great return. And I've already said it, and I'm really sorry, everybody, but you are not getting a lottery pick from the Penguins. They're going to make the playoffs. So mm. that will bum everyone out. That's a fun division to watch there, too, that East. It, no, it, it's not fun to watch. Joey's a Buffalo fan, so the hockey's just not fun for him anyways right now, but that Washington-Pittsburgh game. Right now. Holy right shit, now. <laughs> that Washington-Pittsburgh game, Hoppy, holy shit, man. I know this, this – game. These two teams have – they have a rivalry. It's dated back pretty much since O.V. Crosby entered the league. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, I love it this year, just seeing it ramp up even more with the more games that these guys get to play against each other. Yeah, to jump on what you guys started the or you know, it was early on in the show about should the NHL keep this format? And you know, if you were to talk to anybody in the Eastern Division or Eastern Conference, they would all say, like, like, hey, yeah, let's definitely keep this. That's one of the advantages. You will see players that will refuse a trade into the Western Conference because they don't want to deal with the travel. Yeah. And if you're playing these these home and homes, you are gonna cut down on travel by, you know a significant amount and that's letting players rest that's prolonging players careers in a sense and it frankly i think it is fun to watch it's fun to watch a team like get beat out in the first night and come back and stick it to them you know that uh that doesn't happen that doesn't happen in vancouver by the way they they don't (laughs) stick it to anybody and they blow leads i was gonna i was gonna say something super inappropriate there but you get my drift yeah connects but no, that's that's fair. And I mean, again, I completely agree. I made up nonsense to try and argue, but there's no argument for not wanting this current format. Um, I want to hear from everyone then. Let's talk about the two teams in the desert. Um, you know, Josh, you can start and you can choose which team we start with here. You want to go into Arizona or Vegas? Let's go with Vegas, man. Those guys are good. I mean, anytime you can shut out Colorado twice in a, in a within a week, like that's dangerous right there, and it'll be fun to see. I, I mean, I like how the Wild's up one nothing right now, but it'll be fun to see like how Colorado, you know, answers this. And this is the, this is a nice test for Minnesota right now tonight to get into Vegas because 
Yeah. Vegas has goaltending. They have speed. They have size. Uh, they I have everything. Like, they're they have so Alex, they're complete. Yeah. They're complete. I wish we still had Alex Tuck. Ah. <laughs> who uh, the Wild gave away for nothing. No, no, they paid to send him away, actually. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> oh, but, no, I, I, I think I'll take the other way of this. I'm, I'm looking forward to them playing the Coyotes because I don't think the Coyotes are a, as good of a team as the Wild. And I think this will really <laughs> prove to show how the Wild can play with somebody who's not as good as them. Um, these are games that they need to win if they want to make the playoffs. So it's going to really be a test uh, um to see if they can get all the points out of these games and and come out with a, a series win. I agree. And Arizona, those players, they had a lot of lot to prove. They got a lot of young guys out there. You know, one of my good friends and fellow bartenders at Back Channel, his nephew is Tyler Pitlick, and you know oh, that, no guy's fi- that guy's finally you know cemented himself in the lineup, and he doesn't want to leave. So they got a bunch of guys with chips on their shoulders, and they're learning to play well, and they are fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be tough. You know, everybody's going to be focused on yet. You know, I was initially focused on this Vegas series coming up here and how they're going to play, but I think you're really going to see who the wild are when they play the coyotes. Are they going to drop down to some sort of level? I don't know. Is Kemper going to come back and stand on his head and stick it to the wild? Like Burns always tries to do. I don't know. Maybe he fails every time though. Cause he gets a little <laughs> from what I hear. Well, the coyotes are a team with their back against the wall. Just in general, you look at their past year, their GM, who was supposed to be this up-and-comer analytics darling who was going to turn the franchise around, well, not only does he leave the team, but right after he leaves, you uncover a scandal and they lost draft picks. Great. Now they've got the scandal with the whole team, like not willing to buy pizza after a playoff game in the bubble and just treating people poorly. And like everyone across the league like just looks and says, oh, poor Arizona. And all these players are like, fuck you. Like we bust our ass every day. Like they want to come out and prove people wrong. They want the team to succeed. And let's be real, no matter what the things they have on us, Kemper is a stud and he could easily win any game, especially, you know, if the wild do what they've done for part of this year. Um, Well, Phil Kessel is going to do amazing things. And the Kachina Jersey is better than any Jersey in our history. I was going to follow. I was going to end with that. If someone (laughs) didn't, they're doing themselves a favor. wearing that bad boy (laughs) guys. We're not talking at all, even about Connor Garland yet. This guy came out of nowhere. You know, he's on a rookie deal still, you know, he's that guy. He was on our, uh, our show here on the hockey podcast network, the Arizona coyotes based show sporty with Corey and Richie. He was on the show last season. Basically saying that like I and last year's when he came up out of the gate swinging, scoring goals left, right and center. And he was bummed that he couldn't go dirt biking midseason anymore because of his NHL contract. Like this guy's so down to earth, loves the game, very little ego. He's leading the team in points with 16 and seven goals in 18 games right behind him. The center that I think is one of the up and coming great two way centers in the league with the scoring touch as he lit up the OHL is Christian Dvorak. It's taken some time. The guy is 24 years old now, and he's he's by far one of the best players on this team. Uh, so much so that I think he's a, he's a target if anyone wants to make some trades with this team if they're willing to move him. So he's their number two scorer, and you think we're going to send Greenway in a piece for him? Pieces, but yeah. Hey, Arizona's I was being optimistic. It was the always They can make it happen. <laughs> I mean, Dvorak does have 15 points, but he's still a minus four. You know who I like to watch on Arizona is uh, Alex Goligoski. You know, yes. guy just what a joy to just smooth skater and 
just guy that holds the fort down. You don't hear about it much, but that means that, you know, he's just crushing it. And to have a guy like that on your team that can eat up minutes and eliminate space with his legs, it's pretty nice. He was an awesome, he was an awesome player to watch in Dallas too. If not mm-hmm. for the fact of how much of a highway robbery it was, like I was so sad when the Penguins traded him, but they got James Neal and uh, Niskanen for him. I'm sorry, that's just a deal that you never say no to. Never. <laughs> Um, just last, you know, player I want to note from the Yotes is, uh, Jacob Chikrin, you know, a high pick, uh, he's still very young. Um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that there were, there were any doubts on his development, but I do know his draft stock dropped a bit in his draft year. I mean, he, at one point they said maybe he could go like second, even third overall that year. Um, I think he's an absolute stud, you know, whereas the last couple of seasons, we haven't seen him on the offensive side. He was so sound defensively that the, the team didn't even care. Now he's starting to produce as well on a team that doesn't have a lot of offensive power. He's, you know, even above Phil Kessel now by one point rather, but with 13 points on the season. And it's one of those things too, because I'll pivot from him because that's a really good point. He's a great player on the back end that doesn't get talked about. The guy who always was talked about, who I was very wrong about is Clayton Keller. Um, I was like very supportive of them, like buying in on him and believing in him and giving him that contract. And it's very much the way of the wild where they don't have the center depth to support him. But I don't care if you're that caliber of player and you're getting seven a year, figure out a way to get on the scoreboard. He's yeah. looked pretty brutal this year. Yeah. He was one of those other players who came out of the gate swinging and is, I don't know. I don't want to say he's gotten comfortable, but that's just kind of the way it seems at times. Um, I guess we can move on from the Yotes. I know we dipped into Vegas a bit. Any, uh, we could probably list through this entire team and say like list, you know, of some, some threats. Um, let's just name one each and just talk a little bit about that before uh, we wrap things up here. Hoppy, we'll start with you. Well, this isn't even the threat. It's just really important to note that Alex Tuck, who we already mentioned, we paid to get rid of. He's barely a third liner for them when for us, he would probably be upper echelon. <laughs> like that just tells you everything you need to know about this lineup. It's pretty scary. Um, the one that I'll say is uh, not as prevalent now, because I'm sure a lot of the obvious ones will get mentioned. I think that an up and comer who by the end of this year and going into playoffs, we could be talking about a lot more is Cody glass. This yeah. is a guy who's got a ton of promise. You know, again, right now he's playing on that third line with Tuck, but he is primed and being developed. He is the perfect guy to throw in there with Pacioretty and Mark Stone. If this guy becomes what they think he is, which think about it, like they traded Suzuki to Montreal and look what he's doing. They clearly thought that they had something greater in what they kept there. So it'll be interesting to see if Glass can really live up to that hype because holy shit, Suzuki, not to go back to the wagon conversation, but he is quite the talent. Look guys, Jim Benning almost picked Cody glass. It was Judd Brackett. who said, go for Pedersen. Cody glass at five is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Joey, we'll we'll go with you next. Yeah. I'm going to go with another one. That's kind of not one of their top superstars and that's Chandler Stevenson. Oh, great answer. Former capital. (laughs) So, yeah, he really didn't do too much with the Capitals. I mean, he was on a great team there, um, but then he comes over to Vegas and kind of restarts his career. He's already got nine points in 16 games. Um, he's well on his way to to have his record point season. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, he's plus seven. So he's, he's always on the ice for goals and not getting scored against too much. He's kind of that gritty guy that, um, can, can go anywhere in the lineup. He can play with your superstars or he can be your third or fourth liner and grind it out and get points there. So I think, uh, watching him is going to be uh, really interesting throughout the, the rest of the season here because he's on a good team where if he plays on a third line role, he can put up a lot of points. Man, I loved him in Washington. Um, Sean Cosgrove commenting, eh, would have lost Dumber Brodeen if it wasn't Tuck through in Halla who they couldn't resign and got a third back. I believe he doesn't hate it. Hey, fair enough, Sean on the Chandler Stevenson note again, though, Joey, he kind of reminded me of like what Nate Schmidt was when he was with the Capitals, you know, uh, Deeper player, played deep yep. in the lineup, but didn't really make a lot of mistakes, played his role to a T and was an energy player that in the postseason I was all about when he uh, put on that red jersey. Yeah, I mean, on, on that Capitals team, he just kind of got lost in the mix because of how good they were. Nothing against him. It's just he he wasn't uh, one of the – He didn't super- need to put up points. He just exactly. needed to grind. That, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't his role. I mean, he was a shutdown third or fourth line player where now he's still a third line player, but he can uh, blossom and play with some more talent on the third and fourth line and put up some more points. Well, and let's pile on the sadness of the Capitals too, with a Minnesota native who like flew the coop and is now tearing it up in Toronto, Travis Boyd. Oh Oh my goodness. He came out of nowhere. I didn't think that much was going to come there, but he has looked really good playing up there, which I guess you play with some of those players that might happen, but better be good. If you play with those players, he's, he's turned into quite the guy. No, agreed. Um, as a Capitals fan, I don't really want to talk much more about that. Uh, Josh, I know, uh, Joey kind of stole your thunder there, but what else do you got? Oh, no, it's all good. You know, something interesting about Vegas is they get, they lose Petrangelo and you're like, Oh no, what are they going to do? Well, they will just bring up Zach Whitecloud and Nate Hogg that don't have a ton of experience and they're going to start thriving and play really well. And if we had a guy like Nate Hogg to pop in the lineup, what does that do? I think he's six, five might even be taller than that. I mean, that is just how a luxury to have. Um, and then I guess I'll just bring up an obvious guy. It was one of my favorite players ever since he's been paired up with the senators, but Mark Stone is just a beast. Yep. You know, I love patch ready an American player and he does it really well. And, and it was awesome to see him wear the C for Canadians throw back again to them. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Mark Stone is a, he's, he's a phenomenal hockey player. And when you got patch ready, um, stone and Stevenson running their power play, that's a that's some skill right there, and they're pretty damn good. It's fun what to I like watch. About, what I like about Mark Stone is you can honestly make an argument <laughs> that he's the best player on the team, even if he does like even for a game, and he doesn't even need to touch the puck. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he he just does everything where he eliminates space, he prevents the other teams from running their plays. And, you know, maybe touching the puck is a little too far, but even scoring, like maybe he'll steal and get the puck to someone who needs to, you know, finish the job, but it wouldn't have ever happened if Markstone wasn't on the ice. Um, Yeah. He's an incredible player to watch, especially those who are like, you know, hockey guys and hockey nerds like us who watch the game at maybe a deeper surface level than just, you know, the X's and O's goals in the back of the net, you know, high scoring plays. Yeah. He's got a, a Twitter highlight reel of just takeaways, not goals, not a slip, <laughs> of just takeaways of him back checking, taking the puck away, knocking it out of midair, using his stick to to somehow reach in and grab it without hooking anybody. It's incredible. Like his his defensive ability that leads to offense. 
His well, center when, of gravity is second to none. Sorry, yeah. I'm just get after oh, it. No, you're okay. No, no, you're fine. Like I just like it makes no sense to me that a wing gets nominated for Selkies, and he probably should win one. How hasn't he? But yeah. that doesn't happen at centers. Always. When I picture Mark Stone in my head, I picture him like just shoving someone out of space, just getting the puck, and then like having the whole world in front of him. <laughs> it's just the guy is just—he's great. I wish that we could have gotten him when he was moving around. Yeah, uh, Sean Cosgrove with a banger comment here. Uh, Vegas really dodged a bullet by not winning the Eric Carlson sweepstake, ending up with Petro instead. Great point there, Sean. Absolutely. I like it. Um, I'll, I'll end this thing off, boys. We've we talked about you know the stars, the threats. Just two players that I want to highlight. Uh, first, Vancouver Island boy Dylan Coglin. He's he's not with the team right now, but he's been called up and down uh, when their defense gets a little compromised. He played seven games, recorded an assist. Um, he's yeah, he's from a town just south of where this office that um and the studio that I'm broadcasting out of right now is located. Uh, he's 22 years old, and he's he's going to be a hell of a defenseman for this team. Um, you know, projection to be even you know top four. Not a huge point getter. He can. He can definitely drive offense, but he's a big boy, great defensive sound player. And also one of the only, you know, indigenous players in the National Hockey League right now, Zach Whitecloud. Uh, he's played 16 games this season with the Vegas Golden Knights. He got a look last year and uh, he's he's playing unbelievable. The Brandon Manitona native uh, 20 at age 23. He's going to be something in this in this league and for this team. Five points on the season right now as a shutdown winger his role isn't to drive offense and he's still getting, uh, getting involved in that as, as well on the third and fourth line. So shout out Zach white cloud and shout out Vancouver Island boy, uh, Dylan Coglin. So that's all I got guys. Um, I want to say, uh, one thing here, bring up one last comment. Uh, it's a shameless plug, but it's not a shameless plug. Cause we want to plug them because we love back channel. Uh, Ashley here says, Josh is the best. Hey, can any other hockey teams buy craft beer cans at their local breweries? I think not, Josh. Before we end things off, I'd love to, you know, hear a little bit for those just joining us on this show um, and who are new to the Soda Pod, new to your guys' brand there in the in the Twin Cities um, back channel. Please uh, talk a little bit about your brewery. Talk a little bit what you guys have brewing, and uh, and some of the great promotional stuff that you guys do on Facebook and social media. Oh Thank man! Well, first and foremost, you're gonna have to pay attention to a little video that will be released tomorrow morning. Ooh. It's kind of one of our mo's. We like to show our personality through our. Uh, you know, through some social media videos, better than just taking a picture. But, you know, for those that don't know us, we're a small batch brewery located on Lake Minnetonka, which is the ninth largest lake in the land of 10,000 lakes. And uh, we're only 20 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis. So for anybody coming into the Twin Cities, uh, it's nice, beautiful, scenic 20 to 25 minute jaunt uh, out west. And uh, we focus on IPAs, lagers, imperial stouts, and seasonal beers. I know Hoppy's got one of our uh, fruited wheats uh, called the Empress. I also got something that was a craft from your, uh, or a prop from your recent video. Yes. A little dinged up, but it still tastes delicious. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll see what that's all about if you guys tune in tomorrow. But uh, my friend Ashley there, she sent a message, and that's actually, we got a movement going on. It's called the Free Beer Bill. And uh, part of what what we do at Back Channel is try to, make things better for everybody. And we're trying to make things better for the Minnesota beer scene. And by changing some archaic laws, Minnesota is the only state limited to um, sell 25.4 ounces as our smallest vessel from on site. So we're trying to be able to sell 12 and 16 ounce cans because that's what everybody wants. You know, it's taken a lot of work for me to finish this crawler in this session. I was able to do it, 
but I would have done it in a double can form. That would have been cool too, you know? Because he's an American. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I was up in Canada, I would for sure be drinking a Labatt Blue right now. I have one in my fridge. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. Pint of Blue. When I played hockey up in Sault Ste. Marie, we had a a bar at the top level of the rink, and we'd just go upstairs afterwards, grab a pint of Blue, and all was well in the world. Uh, Josh, if you played hockey in BC, it would be Lucky Lager. Lucky Lager, okay. And you, and it would have a special place in your heart. I guarantee it. I'll have to get. I'll have to bring some of that when, to you, boys. When you, we you make it, Vancouver, we're hanging out. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm, I, I'm pumped. It, it's going to turn into like a three month trip because of all the people that I've connected with, uh, in that great state, and all the people that I want to see, drink beer with, play hockey with, and hang out with. So it's going to be a hell of a trip, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, this has been a hell of an episode, boys. Again, thanks Josh, thanks Joey, uh, thanks Hoppy every week, uh, and thanks to everybody tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the live stream. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week is give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a kind review as well. Go listen to our website if you're a fan of hockey and other hockey-based podcasts as well, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. We have a team for every team in the national or we have a podcast for every team in the national hockey league and we have a podcast covering every niche in the sport and growing um on your app please download the episodes before you listen as it just helps our business you can find me at vi sports talk on twitter you can find the soda pod at the soda pod on twitter and facebook last week to get in on our facebook contest hop you want to run that down quick facebook contest you got a couple days left here because this sunday We are going to be drawing for who gets the free reverse retro or really whatever Minnesota Wild jersey you'd prefer. And we'll be announcing it on the live stream on Sunday. And I know Josh and our good friends at Back Channel are going to share it as well for one last pump. And uh, again, everyone get out there, share, like, and hey, you might want a free jersey. Worst case, if if you don't like us and you remember, I guess you can then follow us. (laughs) <laughs> don't do that don't feel that nonsense uh joey where can where can the our listeners find you they can find me on twitter at joey netto and josh where can everyone find you on social media i know you guys are more active on facebook than than twitter um and you're on instagram as well yeah best thing is you know search back channel brewing on instagram and facebook those are our two main outlets we, we're getting going on twitter and everything that we put on instagram goes on there but um you know it's, it's still in the infancy so Check that out. Um, you'll, you'll see content from me on there as well. I don't really get into the social media game because we're so busy with the business aspect of it. But you as can you friend me on Facebook if you'd like and all that too. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up on that. Yes. As always, folks, uh, support the Hockey Podcast Network and give us a follow a contest pretty much every week now at HockeyPodNet on all social media. And with that, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside State of Hoppy, Josh Letty, Joey Netto. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, boys? We're good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. interesting like i like pinto and i i remember everyone like and this is the thing that i think sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft we really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early 
You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman, Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care.